they were staying overnight with the grandparents. And at the dinner table, our two and a half year old just out of nowhere just says, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> and my, I look at the grandparents and they're like, it wasn't us. wasn't us. All the adults are worried about being the one that like. Yeah. And so I'm like, hey, buddy, where did you hear that? Total like witch trial here. And he's like, oh, mommy said that. <laughs> okay, so okay. let's so, yeah. record the intro now. Just so what is Milkless. Because I think we start with the name. Two dads. We love our kids. But then we also need them to know that we're like pretty cool and it's not like a wimpy podcast. So, hey. <laughs> hey. Hey. Milkless. Hey, welcome. Hey. Hey, hey, Milkless. Call the audience, Milkless. What's up, Milkless? <laughs> Matt and Max coming at you. What if that's it? <laughs> How's our first take? On today's episode of Milkless, we're going to be talking about cursing. When your kids start dropping F-bombs. Or SH-bombs. I don't think that's a thing. How much do you freak out about it? Do you worry about it at all? What about when that slips into poop jokes? Ever heard a poop joke? Yes, you fucking have. Max and I are a little different on this one. We might balance each other out a little bit. Get into it. Let's fucking go. All right, Matt, today we're talking about swearing. I love this fucking topic. <laughs> okay, we got a lot of social pressure. You know, sometimes your kid maybe drops an F-bomb publicly. Oop, are you a bad parent? That's not good. But then it's like, we both swear a decent amount. And we're going to bring some really cool studies today that talk about maybe the positive aspects of swearing in adult life. So how do you get there? How do you get there from childhood to adulthood where you're not allowed to swear than you are? Then you are. Yeah. I might even say, listening back to a couple of these episodes, we swear a lot. I know. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I'm a little bit embarrassed. I, yeah. It's like, is this me all the time or am I turning it up somehow to try to sound cool in a podcast? Well, I mean, that's what we're going to see in some of these studies is that, you know, first of all, a 2015 study says that, you know, curse words are actually, they correlate with intelligence. So, the more swear words you know or can say in under a minute correlates with basically how big your vocabulary is. Fucking A. Yeah, fucking A right. The other thing is, it, it it's also weird. There's some studies that show that on an interpersonal level, people have higher levels of integrity and lie less when they swear. You know, so maybe it's people being mm-hmm. genuine. Less filter. So there's some interesting things in there. Maybe society tells us, you know, you swell, you know, you have a potty mouth or you swear like a sailor. And it's not really something you want to aspire to be. I've never said I want to be someone who swears. Mm-hmm. But I think we do it maybe to be authentic and show, you know, really hammer home the point or something. Yeah. But in terms of the kids, it's like, I do not swear around the kids. And if somebody does, I'm like, hey, language, language. Oh, yeah? You get on that? Yeah. So I think we're, we're, we're trying to maybe transition, actually. If somebody swears around the kids, I say... Don't worry, she's heard it before. <laughs> I've actually moved into that. I, in some ways, I feel that our generation is the first generation to not really give a shit about their kids swearing. I have a memory from first grade, which I have like maybe a half dozen memories from that time earlier of uh, hearing a word probably from my brother who's three years older. I think it was fuck. And saying it at school, having n- no idea what it meant. Yeah. And I remember like the teacher, she wasn't like mad, but it was serious. They had to tell my parents. And I still remember that thing of, Oh, I really stepped in it. It's funny now thinking about that from my mom's perspective, when she came to school and had to talk to the teacher, probably she was feeling the exact same, like, Oh God, I'm in trouble. But I I just wonder, would it be that big a deal now? 
I do people care as much as they used to? I think they do. And it's really long story short. I think what we're trying to do is eventually teach a kid how to use profanity effectively and not use it in a job interview. Mm -hmm. You know, like, oh, you're meeting the president. You wouldn't be like, fucking A, Mr. Prez. You know, it's like, (laughs) that is not appropriate. Joe motherfucking (laughs) Biden. Right. It doesn't. That's not that's not good. Yeah. Well, with that said, if you're doing the most amazing and you have an amazing experience with one of your children and they turn to you and say, this is the best fucking day of my life. Yeah, that might be all right. That's all right. But how do you get there? Because right now I'd be like, hey, don't say that. Yeah. That's not appropriate. But yeah. then it's like, that is appropriate. After the Boston Marathon bombing, they, they delayed Red Sox games for a while. And then the first game they had after it, uh, they had David Ortiz, Poppy, give a speech on the field. And it was live. Mm-hmm. And in the speech, he said, this our fucking city. And the FCC looked at it and they were like, yeah, you're good. Yeah. They didn't find him. They made a specific exemption because they felt like there's times when it's it's okay. And it, we kind of just all say it's okay. Yeah. And I mean, it has the advantage of like emotional efficiency. It's very quick and clear and you can express a heightened level of intensity very quickly. Mm-hmm. And then swearing is associated with creativity. So when people have a right brain stroke, they lose the ability to swear. Huh. And left brain is the language center. Right brain is creativity. But when you have a right brain stroke, you no longer swear. It comes from the more like reptilian from a different part of your soul. Because if you think about it, when you're startled or something, you do swear. And that's kind of a pre-verbal response. There was a study about pain where people who squeeze the hand vice were able to squeeze harder and longer if they used profanity. Mm-hmm. Um, also, people putting their hand in an ice bath could hold it in longer. So swearing has some things it does stuff to us. It's very important. And I mean, it's, it's uh, what do we do as parents is we teach the kids how to interact in this thing called society or social rules or whatever that we've developed over 10,000 years. And right now, it's you cannot use profanity in certain circles. So I think what I'm trying to, to change and something I could do better at is not having a like one size fits all sort of thing where you cannot swear. That's not appropriate for a five-year-old or a seven-year-old or a nine-year-old or something like that. It's more that, no, you know, maybe I'm going to start to to show our kids that there are certain times where, where swearing is appropriate. Mm-hmm. It's similar to like when we sometimes burp or fart with each other, the, the boys, and we find that funny. But then I'll say, hey, you know, if you're at a dinner table at somebody else's house, like we do not do that. That is very inappropriate and not polite. With that said, farts are funny, man. Hilarious. Let's do it. This is great. This is funny. With profanity, I haven't taken that approach. Yeah. I mean, we've never really totally cleaned it up around our kids. I mean, I don't talk around my daughter the way I talk around you, but we just don't care, really. And, and I do kind of think it's a part of like her verbal development. I mean, there is, there is a thing that you say when you drop something and it is shit. Yeah. That's just shit. And so our daughter, since she was two, sometimes she drops something, she'd be like, shit. I'd be like, nice usage, baby. <laughs> Spot on. But what, so what we've always done is, is talked about it less as something that is intrinsically bad, but always talked about the response that it might get in different circumstances. 
It's like, if you say, if you do this at school, you're probably gonna have to talk to your teacher about it. She's probably not gonna love it. And figuring that at some point she's gonna slip and she's gonna have her moment, like when I said fuck at school and that only happened once and then it was pretty, yeah. pretty good corrective there. Yeah. It's maybe one of those consequences you don't have to deliver yourself. So, I mean, similar to the lying episode where maybe both of us would kind of freak out on our kids for lying. We saw it as a sign of disrespect or, or something or some sort of character flaw. It was, it's normal. Mm-hmm. Similar with experimenting with words, especially when we give such a big reaction, they're experimenting with it. I mean, I have a story where my parents, the grandparents were watching our first child. We only had one kid. We were kind of a little hovery, a little helicoptery, like no, no swearing. I don't think I'd ever sworn in front of him. How do you do that? I just don't have the. Sorry, go ahead. I just turn. I just turn it off. I don't know. Um, they were staying overnight with the grandparents, and at the dinner table, our two and a half year old just out of nowhere just says, uh, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and we're just like, "What am I?" I look at the grandparents, and they're like, "It wasn't us. Wasn't us. It was. It wasn't us. It wasn't us." <laughs> And, All the adults are worried about being the one that like. Yeah. And so I'm like, hey, buddy, who, who, where did you hear that? Who said that? Like total, like, you know, witch trial here. And he's like, oh, mommy said that. <laughs> and my wife is like, oh, my gosh. Like nine days ago, I dropped like groceries and they exploded and I screamed, what the fuck? And he stored that away. Hold that. <laughs> For nine days, and then just like it just comes out, and it, you know, it's it's funny like how they know. There's this song that we used to listen to a lot by Janelle Monet. Uh, that's just the way you make me feel. Do you know that one? No. The way you make me feel is really fun. But there's this lyric that's like, uh, "So good, so good, so fucking real." And I remember when she was like three, we had her on the car, and my daughter is in the back seat, and she goes, "Ha ha 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 ha, fucking ha." <laughs> It's the like, only that's one. the one. That's the one word you retain. They do somehow know that like this word's got some juice. Yeah, <laughs> so it's saving it for nine days to drop it in front of the grandparents. So funny. I like that she immediately narked on your wife too. Just oh yeah, oh yeah. Mommy said that. Mommy said that. <laughs> and so now with what with our, our three year old daughter, we tell her not to say stupid or butt nugget because <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> In the movie, you um, specifically call out butt nugget. <laughs> yeah, in the in the movie in the new in the new Puss in Boots movie, the little dog says like, "Yeah, sometimes people call me stupid dog, da da da, butt nugget." And so we like hysterically laughed when we saw it. So we were like laughing really hard at him saying butt nugget, and then she kept saying butt nugget, and we're like, "Okay, so like you probably shouldn't say butt nugget." But every single day. She says, you know what, Daddy? I don't say butt nugget anymore, and I don't say stupid. I don't say butt nugget or stupid anymore. And then the older kids are like, dude, you're saying it right now. She's like, no, no, I don't say butt nugget. <laughs> found a loophole. She found a loophole. And we're like, that's good. That's oh, good that really you don't good. say butt nugget or stupid. <laughs> That's really good. <sighs> stupid is a hard one. I had a friend of my daughter's over at her house, and I was just talking to somebody, and she goes, you said a bad word. And I was like, what? I don't I don't think so. She's like, you said stupid. And then I was like, well, yes, I would never call somebody stupid, but sometimes I say it to objects that are not cooperating with me. Yeah. Which gets into, I think, an interesting distinction between cursing and like name calling. Yeah. Or teasing. I mean, saying like stupid keys is different than being like, you're stupid. Yeah. That's worse than saying fuck to me to actually call a person that. Yeah. So a lot of it's about the intentionality. Oh, yeah. 
the first burn my daughter ever lobbed at me, she was very young. And she just kind of smiled and she goes, sticky bottom. <laughs> and it was so good that it just kind of stuck. And she called me that for a long time. And I would call her ham sandwich and she would call me sticky bottom. And those were just our nicknames for each other. And then at some point, like around four, it became name calling and she'd be like stinky bot. And finally I was just like, you, I don't want you to call me that anymore because you're using it in a way that's not respectful. It's not funny. Yeah. And I'm just not going to take that shit from my, from my kid as soon as it becomes like a little bit. Yeah. And what's weird is I would probably freak out more on the kids for them saying like, this is a fucking beautiful day. Motherfucker. If they said that, I'd be like, what are you, what are you, you don't say that. As opposed to like them putting each other down, like you're not good at basketball. Like I would still be like, dude, don't say that. But I would probably freak out more on a positive and correct usage of fuck. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Which is something I think I could I can work on for sure. I th- I think that's right. I think it's like so much of it is about the intentionality rather than the word itself. Right, and it's also very nuanced, and that's why I think the fact that I do not allow my kids to swear is setting them up for failure in adult life. For example. There's it's it's a it's a very gray area where if you swear too much, it's kind of it can be seen as crass. Like if I was telling the story and saying, yeah, so this fucking guy, he fucking comes in the door and then he's fucking. Unless you're Joe Pesci, you cannot get away with this. <laughs> it's just too much, as opposed to if you don't use it a lot and then out of nowhere you kind of say, and then this fucking guy, yeah, and then it's like, oh, what did he do? Yeah. You're on the edge of your seat. I don't know if this is good parenting, but I've like used that principle a little bit with my kid, like because I don't curse around them a ton. But there was one time when my daughter, I had had a long day or something. We were in bed. My daughter was like poking me in the face, which she likes to do sometimes. But before I got really mad, just reflexively, I just went, oh, baby, I hate that shit. And there was some about it that she was like, oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. And it like didn't hurt her feelings. It was very honest. It was like pre-anger. Yeah. And she was like, oh, that's not a word I hear all the time. I will stop poking you in the face. Yeah. I appreciate your honesty. It was kind of a good moment. Yeah. I mean, the the only times I've sworn around our kids is when I'm like extremely mad, which is just kind of like, then it's just such a taboo word. You know, I'd much prefer them hearing me say, this is the best fucking day of my life, boys Yeah, and girl. Yeah, boys and girl. Yeah, yeah. I think also, like, there's there's curse words and then there's, like, racial slurs and words like that. And it's similar to what we talked about with, with drugs. Like, if you say it's all bad mm-hmm. and then they try marijuana and, and, and alcohol and they're like, actually, this isn't so bad. I'm going to try heroin because it's in the same category. Mm-hmm. It's like the same sort of thing. If we say, oh, you can't ever say any word. Mm-hmm. They're going to experiment with language. Yeah. And that's why drawing the distinction between racial slurs or, you know, bigoted bigoted language is very different yeah. from effectively using the word fuck. Yeah. I heard a linguist talking about this and he, he was actually arguing that traditional swear words have, have lost their power in some ways. But the, some of these other words have become kind of so taboo you can't even like utter the syllables um right which he argued gave them a strange power but he understood it It was an interesting um nuanced conversation but his argument essentially that the new swear words are slurs which is funny because if you think about the way we grew up i mean god it's appalling all through middle school anything that we didn't like was gay yeah and none of us ever really took any heat for that but if we said crap (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like we'd hear about it. The, yeah. the priorities of that are kind of insane, honestly. But it is interesting. I, I think you're right. There, like there is something about swearing and the power of it that's about transgression and is about being a little bit outside the lines. 
So you that distinction between doing that by saying shit versus using something that is ultimately, you know, used to make a group of people feel bad, um, it's important to make. Yeah. I do speaking of stinky bottom and things of that nature, am I the only one I just am mad about how much poop and farts have been robbed of their comedy through just abusive repetition from my five-year-old. Do you have this in your house? It's like fucking nonstop. I would rather her be dropping F-bombs on me than like hear one more goddamn poop joke. Yeah. I mean, it's it's tough. (laughs) But the thing is, they are funny though. Not funny, but it's funny to see a kid try to make a joke. And sometimes when now we have two or three kids now that can 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 jam when kids make each other laugh it's epic what what bothers me is when they can't let it go they can't ever let it go i'm trying to teach them how to not grind something into the ground yes like they'll say something hilarious some silly stupid poop joke or something and they'll be like oh i poop so big it's like a big corn it's pretty good or something like that and they'll make everybody laugh and we're all laughing and they'll be like yeah my poop is corn i'm like oh okay you got it They're like I, I poop a big corn i'm like yeah yeah we we get it yeah. we, we get it yeah. it's not funny anymore <laughs> you know i'll sometimes tell my daughter it's like you that's not gonna be funny again until tomorrow you gotta wait a whole day at least you're training them in comedy right there is a real experimentation with with comedy that kids go through. I remember with my nephews one time, one of them suddenly just shouted and it was such a weird noise and caught me so by surprise and made me laugh. And then all of them just started yelling and they just, they go, ah, is that funny? Ma, is that funny? And I was just like, no, no, none of it's fun. But they were really, they were earnestly asking like, what about this? What if I do this? So there is yeah. some piece of like trying to figure out just the rules of comedy, essentially. But why, dude, why fucking poop so much? So much. Like, why that? You know, a lot of times as adults, we joke about death, sex, and things that are maybe a little uncomfortable for us. Kids, you know, especially during potty training or even after potty training, one of their biggest fears in life is shitting their pants. So they joke about poop, trying to make light of it. Same way we joke about death. Mm, mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. And it's very tied to like us being mammals. You know, there's like something. It's actually in not only just humans. In a zoo, they teach these chimps to sign. When they developed a word for poop, the apes use it in the same way adult humans use it when they say shit. <laughs> so when they spill their food, they'll sign poop. That's amazing. I mean, come on. This is this is deep down. I think it all ties back to the right brain, left brain thing. The the fact that you will kind of uh, say it before even thinking about it in reaction to being scared or something going wrong. It is our higher selves that speak, but it is our animal selves that curse. And if you think of like how much kids are kind of id and live more in their animal self, if poop jokes are there cursing, it makes sense that you hear a lot of them. This, this PhD, Maya Coleman said what they do is they do something called butt talk time. So there's five minutes a day where you're allowed to say anything you want. Poop, like, oh yeah, I poop uh, comes out of my eyeballs, like whatever. And and it's a safe space. I don't know. I don't know why. Oh man, that's like that's pretty accurate. Because it's always like over. Like somebody would make a kind of funny joke, like oh yeah, pooping outside, (laughs) and they're like yeah, and then poop in your nose, and it's just like fuck. (laughs) No, 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 no. Like that's not funny. Yeah. I mean, and so I think 
something I'm going to try to do. One, there's butt talk time where maybe like if they want to talk about weird stuff, like we'll talk about anything. You can swear, any, say anything you want, experiment. This is a safe, safe time, safe space. In addition, especially with the older kids, just lay out the ground rules. Because I think I was so rigid with our older kid who's now seven. I want to like bring him into the fold, like maybe on the playground. You know, as long as one of your buddies isn't a tattletale. <laughs> You're going to get narked on. But yeah, I just, the more I think about it, I'm such a fucking hypocrite. <laughs> I swear all the fucking time. I love it. It makes, it fills me with joy. It feels good. <laughs> and I don't let my kids say anything like at all, which is just not setting them up for what the real world is going to be. Where, where do you think that comes from? Because I think some parents worry about being judged themselves. If their kid's at the dinner table and drops an F-bomb. Some people do see it. I mean, Jerry Seinfeld makes a compelling argument for like, I want to be able to be funny without this. Like, why do you think your knee jerk has been to just to have a hard line on that? It's it's 100% perception of, of society and other parents. If, if you said, would you want your kid to swear as a teenager and an adult? I would say absolutely. Yeah. Um, but if I have a five-year-old and then they're at school and they're saying, motherfucker, fuck this shit, fuck, fuck. Like, that's my worst nightmare that they call and say, um, yeah, you need to come in. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, your child is inappropriate. Like, how's everything at home? Uh, yeah. You know, and it's like, ooh. Fuck you. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking judge me, piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you're, yeah, you don't want to get the phone call. Yeah, I get that. But here's the contrast to that. Something my mom did. I was in fourth grade. And I said, sucks. And I got like the equivalent of a detention for a fourth grader. Like I got written up, sent home. And I told them that I'm allowed to say sucks at home. And I was. And they said, yeah, okay. You think you can use it in school? Like, I'd like to see a note from your mom. My mom wrote a note that said, dear Mrs. Whatever, uh, Max is allowed to say sucks at home. Sincerely. What a beast. Go your mom. <laughs> yeah. But then so I went in and, I was, and they gave it to them. I still wasn't allowed to say it at school. So it was more just the principle of like... Your mom had your back. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I think if I was doing the same thing, I don't know if I would send that letter in. I'd be too afraid of what people would think of me. Of the judgment. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. It does... That word points to the arbitrariness of all this. Because sucks... There's a silent dick after that word. <laughs> so like what it is referring to is actually quite adults. Like shit is worse than crap. They mean the same thing. Sucks is kind of better than shit, although the dick is silent. But if you say sucks dick, then you got a real problem. <laughs> is the dick silent? I've never even thought of that. That's what it means. <laughs> what did you think it was? <laughs> I never thought about it. I just thought it meant sucks. Like sucking is not good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm like blushing. I'm <laughs> blushing from, I don't know. From all the times you've referenced sucking dick in front of people. <laughs> I don't think that it's inappropriate for a couple of reasons. One, nobody wants to suck dick, right? So it's kind of like, it's not like against men or women. It's just kind of like against the dick. <laughs> it's just yucky. <laughs> uh, I'm blushing again. I, somebody sent me this thing once that there's actually codified rules that we kind of all know in adulthood. If you are going to insert the word fucking within another word, which syllable you put it in. Yeah, like unfucking believable. Exactly. You would never say like unbelieve fuckingable. <laughs> we shall know. Yeah. You know? Under fucking stood. 
That's weird. It, it's not just always after un. Unfucking believable. Under fucking stood. Yeah. It's not. It's not un fucking dursted. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's not totally consistent by where in the word. Yeah. I before e except after fucking. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> oh man.